Welcome everybody, Pastor Eli James here along with Dan from Georgia. This is Eurofolk Radio and we're going to be continuing our series on the book of Numbers. And uh, we're almost uh, finished with the book of Numbers. Uh, we'll be picking up in Numbers 2816. Uh, last week I was in Texas for a rally which uh, was really wonderful to be a part of. And I will be talking about that tonight on uh, Restoration Hour. But for today we'll be continuing with Numbers 28, picking up at verse 16, and talking about the celebrations of the feast days of Israel. And then we'll be getting into the subject of the sin of Baal Por, in which the children of Israel were uh, seduced into uh, partaking of sexual sin with the Moabites, Midianites, and who knows what else. <laughs> we'll find out when we get there. All right, Dan, how are you doing? I'm good. How All are right. You? Excellent. Excellent. So, okay, uh, uh, last night I got a, a message that uh, our sound was clipping, so I'll, I'll see if I can turn the uh, volume down just a hair to avoid any clipping. So uh, go ahead and pick it up from uh, Numbers 2816. Okay, here we go. And in the 14th day of the first month is the Passover of Yahweh. And in the 15th day of this month is the feast. Seven days shall unleavened bread be eaten. In the first day shall be an holy convocation. <clears throat> you shall do no manner of servile work therein. But you shall offer a sacrifice made by fire for a burnt offering unto Yahweh, two young bullocks and one ram, and seven lambs of the first year. That shall be unto you without blemish. And their meat offering shall be of flour mingled with oil. Three-tenth deals shall ye offer for a bullock, and two-tenth deals for a ram. A several tenth deal shalt thou offer for every lamb throughout the seven lambs, and one goat for a sin offering to make an atonement for you. You shall offer these beside the burnt offering in the morning, which is for a continual burnt offering. After this manner you shall offer daily throughout the seven days the meat of the sacrifice made by fire of a sweet savor unto Yahweh. It shall be offered beside the continual burnt offering and his drink offering. And on the seventh day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work. <clears throat> All right. Verse okay. 26. So, yeah. So, yeah. A, a, a barbecued steak has a tremendously sweet savor, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even Yahweh likes it, right? Okay. Can you imagine all the, the oh. dead animals? I mean, right. It must have just been like a, a slaughterhouse. Yeah, you know? uh, that's right. Uh, no doubt about it. You know, but uh, all this sacrifice has a purpose. You know, it's, it's to teach the Israelites that for their sins they have to pay Yahweh. You know, they have to pay a penalty for all their sin. And uh, you know, we're still doing that today. Uh, but you know, obviously the butchering of animals is no longer required. Now we're going to have to face face our ma our master, our judge, at the judgment day. Back to you. Verse twenty-six. Also in the day of the first fruits, when you bring a new meat offering unto Yahweh, after your weeks be out, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work. But you shall offer the burnt offering for a sweet savor unto Yahweh, two young bullocks, one ram, seven lambs of the first year. And their meat offering of flour mingled with oil, three-tenth deals unto one bullock, two-tenth deals unto one ram, a several-tenth deal unto one lamb, throughout the seven lambs, and one kid of the goats to make an atonement for you. You shall offer them beside the continual burnt offering and his meat offering. They shall be unto you without blemish and their drink offerings. Okay. And that concludes chapter 28. Yeah, it's always without blemish. So because why? Because Yahshua was without blemish. His gen genetics were absolutely perfect. No admixture of uh, you know other races. Okay, no, no other races. But we're going to find out in, uh, I believe it's chapter 31, where the Israelites uh, intermarry with Moabites. But uh, the Moabites were, in fact, uh, white. They were white people. Mm -hmm. Okay, but the problem uh, down the line was that they had become paganized. And whenever uh, we intermarry with pagan people, they teach us their ways, and we f we forget Yahweh and His law, right? Uh, so we'll get it. Uh, that's the message of chapter thirty-one. But please continue because we're talking about the um, 
uh, the rituals of the various fe- cal- calendrical feast days. And, and we never, I was going to say, we never rub off on them. They always rub off on us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it's, it's much easier to stay dirty <laughs> than take the yeah. time for a shower, right? Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Chapter 29. <clears throat> and in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have an holy convocation. You shall do no servile work. It is a day of blowing the trumpets unto you. And you shall offer a burnt offering for a sweet savor unto Yahweh, one young bullock, one ram, and seven lambs of the first year without blemish. And their meat offering shall be a flour mingled with oil, three-tenth deals for a bullock, and two-tenth deals for a ram, and one-tenth deal for one lamb throughout the seven lambs, and one kid of the goats for a sin offering to make an atonement for you. Beside the burnt offering of the month and his meat offering and the daily burnt offering and his meat offering and their drink offerings according unto their manner for a sweet savor, a sacrifice made by fire unto Yahweh. Verse 7, And ye shall have on the tenth day of this seventh month a holy convocation, and ye shall afflict your souls. Ye shall not do any work therein, but ye shall offer a burnt offering unto Yahweh for a sweet savor, one young bullock, one ram, and seven lambs of the first year, that shall be unto you without blemish. And their meat offering shall be of flour mingled with oil, three-tenth deals to a bullock, and two-tenth deals to one ram, a several-tenth deal for one lamb throughout the seven lambs, one kid of the goats for a sin offering, beside the sin offering of atonement, and the continual burnt offering, and the meat offering of it, and their drink offerings. Verse 12. And on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, you shall have an holy convocation. You shall do no servile work, and you shall keep the feast unto Yahweh seven days. And you shall offer a burnt offering, a sacrifice made by fire of a sweet savor unto Yahweh, thirteen young bullocks, two rams, and fourteen lambs of the first year. They shall be without blemish. And their meat offering shall be of flour mingled with oil. Three-tenth deals unto every bullock of the thirteen bullocks, two-tenth deals to each ram of the two rams, and a several-tenth deal to each of the lamb, to each lamb of the fourteen lambs, and one kid of the goats for a sin offering, beside the continual burnt offering, his meat offering, and his drink offering. And on the second day ye shall offer twelve young bullocks, two rams, fourteen lambs of the first year without spot and their meat offering and their drink offerings for the bullocks, for the rams, and for the lambs, shall be according to their number after the manner. And one kid of the goats for a sin offering, beside the continual burnt offering, and the meat offering, and their drink offerings. And on the third day, eleven bullocks, two rams, fourteen lambs of the first year without blemish, and their meat offering and their drink offerings for the bullocks, for the rams and for the lambs shall be according to their number after the manner. And one goat for a sin offering, beside the continual burnt offering, and his meat offering and his drink offering. And on the fourth day, ten bullocks, two rams and fourteen lambs of the first year without blemish. Their meat offering and their drink offerings for the bullocks, for the rams and for the lambs shall be according to their number after their manner and one kid of the goats for a sin offering, beside the continual burnt offering, his meat offering, and his drink offering. And on the fifth day, nine bullocks, two rams, and fourteen lambs of the first year without spot, and their meat offering and their drink offerings for the bullocks, for the rams, and for the lambs shall be according to their number after the manner. And one goat for a sin offering, beside the continual burnt offering, and his meat offering, and his drink offering. And on the sixth day, eight bullocks, two rams, and fourteen lambs of the first year without blemish. And their meat offering and their drink offerings for the bullocks, for the rams, and for the lambs shall be according to their number after the manner. And one goat for a sin offering, beside the continual burnt offering, his meat offering and his drink offering. And on the seventh day, seven bullocks, two rams, and fourteen lambs of the first year without blemish and their meat offering and their drink offerings for the bullocks, for the rams, and for the lambs shall be according to their number after the manner. And one goat for a sin offering, beside the continual burnt offering, 
his meat offering and his drink offering. And on the eighth day, you shall have a solemn assembly. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer a burnt offering, a sacrifice made by fire of a sweet savor unto Yahweh, one bullock, one ram, seven lambs of the first year without blemish. Their meat offering and their drink offerings for the bullock, for the ram, and for the lambs shall be according to their number after the manner, and one goat for a sin offering, beside the continual burnt offering, and his meat offering and his drink offering. These things ye shall do unto Yahweh in your set feasts, beside your vows and your free will offerings, for your burnt offerings, and for your meat offerings, and for your drink offerings, and for your peace offerings. And, the Mo and Moses told the children of Israel according to all that Yahweh commanded Moses. Okay, so uh, all of these offerings are for the Israelites to be mindful uh, to, that uh, their sins must be, uh, you know, a price must be paid for your sins. Okay, but uh, it'd be much easier if we stopped sinning. <laughs> then yeah. we wouldn't have to make all these offerings. Now I noticed that, uh, I also believe, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I think all these uh, because we were talking about all the, all the butchery that goes on here, uh, a lot of these animals I think were actually consumed by the Levites as part of their you know that, that's the, their payment mm -hmm. by the Israelites to uh, you know sustain them in their services right. But I also noticed that there's no sacrifices uh, for the Day of Pentecost. It goes from the Feast of Weeks to. Uh, the Feast of Trumpets in chapter 29. Uh, but of course, the Feast of Pentecost is only a one-day feast, and it's to commemorate the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. But since it's only a one-day feast, uh, uh, I guess there's no need uh, for uh, sacrifices, animal sacrifices on that day. Uh, and I think the message of the Feast of Pentecost is that we're supposed to internalize the law, and that's what happened at uh, the first Feast of Pentecost after the crucifixion. We're supposed to uh, internalize the law, and uh, I think that was the beginning, that very first Pentecost was the beginning of the you know, total elimination of the uh, animal blood sacrifices. Okay, so that's probably why it's not mentioned here in the book of Numbers. Okay, so let's go into uh, 30, verse 1. Chapter 30. And Moses spake unto the heads of the tribes concerning the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which Yahweh has commanded. If a man vow a vow unto Yahweh, or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. If a woman also vow a vow unto Yahweh, and bind herself by a bond, being in her father's house in her youth, and her father hear her vow, and her bond wherewith she has bound her soul, and her father shall hold his peace at her, then all her vow shall stand, and every bond wherewith she has bound her soul shall stand. But if her father disallow her in the day that he hears, not any of her vows, or of her bonds wherewith she has bound her soul, shall stand. And Yahweh shall forgive her, because she, because her father disallowed her. And if she had an, at all an husband when she vowed, or uttered aught out of her lips wherewith she bound her soul, and her husband heard it, and held his peace at her in the day that he heard it, then her vow shall stand, and her bonds wherewith she bound her soul shall stand. But if her husband disallowed her on the day that he heard it, then he shall make her vow which she vowed, and that which she uttered with her lips, wherewith she bound her soul, of none effect. And Yahweh shall forgive her. Uh, okay, this is interesting. Uh, apparently, the the vow that was overheard must have been some kind of <clears throat> violation of the law. Otherwise, the the father or the husband would not have dis, uh, would not have disallowed it. Okay. But I think this is probably where uh, this uh, idea, you know, for the Jewish Kol Nidra, where they dis disavow the vows <laughs> that they make for at the Feast of Atonement, their Feast of Atonement, where they forgive themselves for the coming year of all sins they might commit, right? 
So in other words, they can't be guilty of anything <laughs> the way they practice the feast of, and this of and they they use this language here. May my vows be of none effect. And this is it may, probably Numbers thirty verse eight is where they get that language from, but they totally uh, pervert the intent of mm-hmm. of uh, of the scriptures here. Okay, so. Uh, Okay, uh, so let's continue. See how uh, this works for widows. Well, because a vow is such a serious thing, maybe right. the husband or the father thinks she can't uphold it. Maybe he doesn't. Right. It's not necessarily seen as a as a bad thing, but he just doesn't think that she can uphold it. Maybe yeah. that's why he disallows it. You know. Yeah, maybe because he would have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the line? Uh, Lord, won't you give me a Mercedes Benz, right? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No. Uh, who, who's going to pay for that, right? Yeah. Okay. How many more animals am I going to have to kill? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. It could be something uh, you know simple like that, right? Where yeah. you know, we can't manage that, you know. Uh, so go ahead. Yeah. Very good. All right. Uh, verse nine. But every vow of a widow and of her that is divorced, wherewith they have bound their souls, shall stand against her. And if she vowed in her husband's house or bound her soul by a bond with an oath, and her husband heard it and held his peace at her and disallowed her not, then all her vows shall stand, and every bond wherewith she bound her soul shall stand. But if her husband has utterly made them void on the day he heard them, then whatsoever proceeded out of her lips concerning her vows or concerning the bond of her soul shall not stand. Her husband has made them void, and Yahweh shall forgive her. Every vow and every binding oath to afflict the soul, her husband may establish it, or her husband may make it void. But if her husband altogether hold his peace at her from day to day, then he shall then he establishes all her vows or all her bonds which are upon her. He confirms them because he held his peace at her in the day that he heard them. But if he shall make in any ways make them void after he has heard them, then he shall bear her iniquity. Hmm. These are the statutes which Yahweh commanded Moses between a man and his wife, between the father and his daughter, being yet in her youth in her father's house. Oh, being yet in her youth. Okay. Yeah, so... uh... Well, basically, the responsibility of the husband and father toward the woman, and uh, but it says there if if he holds his peace, if she makes a bad vow, and he holds his peace and doesn't discuss the matter with her, then uh, he he has to bear the responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in a way, I you know, I can see women, uh, you know, well, I I want to be responsible for my own self, but in those days. Certainly, in those days, there was no way for a woman to earn money, you know, and uh, uh, have her own household, unless uh, you know she was a very prosperous farmer, let's say, and had uh, helpers, you know, sons and daughters to help her with that. So, because uh, uh, the uh, condition of most women in these days were they were cloistered, you know, until they were married, you know, and then they were bound to their husbands for the rest of their lives. So, uh, you know. It was very difficult for a woman to make a decision on her own that would uh, certainly that would affect the entire family. Okay, so okay, so let's go to number thirty-one. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> number okay. chapter thirty-one. Okay, so the, the vengeance in Midian. I guess. Uh, yeah, I think uh, let's go through this chapter, and then we'll have a an article on the sin of Baal Peor, which uh, applies to Numbers thirty-one. Now, please continue. Okay. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Avenge the children of Israel of the Midianites. Afterward shalt thou be gathered unto thy people. And Moses spake unto the people, saying, Arm some of yourselves unto the war, and let them go against the Midianites, and avenge Yahweh of Midian. Of every tribe a thousand, throughout all the tribes of Israel, shall you send to the war. So there were delivered out of the thousands of Israel a thousand of every tribe, twelve thousand armed for war. And Moses sent them to the war, a thousand of every tribe, them and Phinehas, the son of Eleazar the priest, to the war, 
with the holy instruments and the trumpets to blow in his hand. And they warred against the Midianites as Yahweh commanded Moses. And they slew all the males. <clears throat> and they slew the kings of Midian beside the rest of them that were slain, namely Evi and Rechem and Zur and Hur and Reba, five kings of Midian. Balaam also the son of Beor they slew with the sword. And the children of Israel took all the women of Midian captives and their little ones and took the spoil of all their cattle and all their flocks and all their goods. And they burnt all the cities wherein they dwelt and all the goodly castles with fire. And they took all the spoil and the prey, <clears throat> both of men and of beasts. And they brought the captives and the prey and the spoil unto Moses and Eleazar the priest and unto the congregation unto the children of Israel, unto the camp at the plains of Moab, which are by Jordan near Jericho. And Moses and Eleazar the priest and all the princes of the congregation went forth to meet them without the camp. And Moses was wroth with the officers of the host, with the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds, which came from the battle. And Moses said unto them, Have you saved all the women alive? Behold, these caused the children of Israel, through the counsel of Balaam, to commit trespass against Yahweh in the matter of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of Yahweh. Now therefore kill every male among the little ones, and kill every woman that has known man by lying with him. But all the women and children that have not known a man by lying with them, keep alive for yourselves. And do ye abide without the camp seven days. Whosoever has killed any person, and whosoever has touched any slain, purify both yourselves and your captives on the third day and on the seventh day. And purify all your raiment, and all that is made of skins, and all the work of goat's hair, and all things made of wood. And Eleazar the priest said unto the men of war which went to the battle, This is the ordinance of the law which Yahweh commanded Moses. Only the gold and the silver, the brass, the iron, the tin, and the lead, everything that may abide the fire, you shall make it go through the fire, and it shall be clean. Nevertheless, it shall be purified with the water of separation. And all that abides not the fire, you shall make go through the water. <clears throat> and you shall wash your clothes on the seventh day, and you shall be clean. And afterward you shall come into the camp. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Take the sum of the prey that was taken, both of man and of beast, thou and Eleazar the priest, and the children and the chief fathers of the congregation, and divide the prey into two parts, between them that took the war upon them, who went out to battle, and between all the congregation. And levy a tribute unto Yahweh of the men of war which went out to battle, one soul of five hundred, both of the persons, and of the beeves, and of the asses, and of the sheep. Take it of their half, and give it unto Eleazar the priest, for an heave offering of Yahweh. And the children of Israel, and of the children of Israel's half, thou shalt take one portion of fifty, of the persons, of the beeves, of the asses, and of the flocks, of all manner of beasts, and give them unto the Levites, which keep the charge of the tabernacle of Yahweh. And Moses and Eleazar the priest did as Yahweh commanded Moses. And the booty, being the rest of the prey which the men of war had caught, was six hundred thousand and seventy thousand and five thousand sheep, and threescore and twelve thousand beeves, and threescore and one thousand asses and thirty and two thousand persons in all, of women that had not known man by lying with him. And the half, which was the portion of them that went out to war, was in the number three hundred thousand and seven and thirty thousand and five hundred sheep. <clears throat> and Yahweh's tribute of the sheep was six hundred and threescore and fifteen. And the beeves were thirty and six thousand, of which Yahweh's tribute was threescore and twelve. And the asses were thirty thousand and five hundred, of which Yahweh's tribute was threescore and one. And the persons were sixteen thousand, of which Yahweh's tribute was thirty and two persons. And Moses gave tribute, which was Yahweh's heave offering, unto Eleazar the priest, as Yahweh commanded Moses. And of the children of Israel's half, which Moses divided from the men that warred, now the half that pertained unto the congregation was three hundred thousand and thirty thousand and seven thousand and five hundred sheep. 
and thirty and six thousand beeves and thirty thousand asses and five hundred and sixteen thousand persons. Even of the children of Israel's half, Moses took one portion of fifty, both of man and of beast, and gave them unto the Levites, which kept the charge of the tabernacle of Yahweh as Yahweh commanded Moses. And of the officers, which were <clears throat> over thousands of the host, the captains of thousands and captains of hundreds came near unto Moses. And they said unto Moses, Thy servants have taken the sum of the men of war which are under our charge, and there lacketh not one man of us. We have therefore brought an oblation for Yahweh, what every man has gotten, of jewels of gold, chains and bracelets, rings, earrings, and tablets, to make an atonement for our souls before Yahweh. And Moses and Eleazar took and Moses and Eleazar the priest took the gold of them, even all wrought jewels, and all the gold of the offering that they offered up unto Yahweh of the captains of thousands and of the captains of hundreds were sixteen thousand seven hundred and fifty shekels, for the men of war had taken spoil, every man for himself. And Moses and Eleazar the priest took the gold of the captains of thousands and of hundreds and brought it into the tabernacle of the congregation for a memorial for the children of Israel before Yahweh. Okay, so we can see that the Israelites would have had plenty of money <laughs> when they yeah. invaded Canaan land. Okay, so I want to go back now to verse 17, where we are told, okay, uh, let's back up to verse 16. Behold, these caused the children of Israel through the council of Balaam to commit trespass against Yahweh. This is an earlier incident in the matter of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of Yahweh. Now therefore kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman that hath known man by lying with him. Uh, but all the women children that have not known a man by lying with him, keep alive for yourselves. Okay? So, now, uh, later on, we find out that, oh, and of course, the sin of Peor, Baal Peor, that was committed by the Israelites was they were sleeping with the Midianite and apparently Moabite women, but these women had participated in pagan sex rituals and therefore were probably very much impure. <laughs> probably carrying some kind of venereal disease with them, right? So, now, the important verse here is verse 18, but all the women children that have not known a man by lying with him keep alive for yourselves. So, Moses apparently understood that these uh, girls, who were not, uh, apparently not sexually active, whether Moses knew this by intuition, inspiration, or by mere assumption, were worthy of becoming the wives of the Israelite men. The Moabites, after all, were the Adamites. They were Adamites. But by through their participation in these pagan sex rituals, they would become impure. So we have to make the assumption here, and take it on faith, that these virgin girls had not become impure. And therefore, because they are Adamites, are worthy of being the wives of Israelite men. Okay? So, and, uh, you know, the, the fact is that the Israelite men can take uh, Adamite wives uh, from among, you know, the, the Adamic stock, and uh, their children would be counted as Israelites because the father is an Israelite. Okay? So I, po I posted into the chat room the, uh, the uh, article that we want to read from because it, it's about the sexual sins and uh, how to deal with them. Okay, back to you. Okay, I'll get started on this article. Okay. It's called okay. Baal Peor and the Sexual Sin of Balaam. The scriptures speak very strongly of the sexual sin and the defilement of the body. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. Oh, that's in the in New Testament? Weeks, 
Really? That's in the New Testament? It is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all, you, uh, all you New Testament Christians, pay attention. All right? So, you know, so obvious, and the New Testament condemns homosexuality in several places uh, because that is a filthy, very, very filthy, especially among males, but it's also filthy among females. It's going to give you some kind of venereal disease. Okay? By, you know, mixing these bodily fluids that should never get mixed. Back to you. In reading the weekly scripture reading this week, the portion that concludes with some of the Israelite men defiling themselves by yoking with Moabite women and their gods. While the Israelites were camped at Acacia Grove, some of the men defiled themselves by having sexual relations with local Moabite women. These women invited them to attend sacrifices to their gods. So the Israelites feasted with them and worshipped the gods of Moab. Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 and 2. Okay, so it's talking about that both their minds and bodies were polluted by having sexual relations with adult Moabite women. Okay? All right, please continue. This specific event and the sexual immorality associated with it was so severe that a plague broke out among the Israelites, killing 23,000. Numbers chapter 25, verse 9, uh, which is how the portion ends. 20, uh, syphilis, maybe? <laughs> right? Yeah. It, must have, or it sounds like it, uh, it happened very quickly, or Yahweh sped the process up to judge them. Okay, so it wouldn't get any worse. Back to you. It was also an event that remained in the memory of God's people, as it was spoken of time and time again by the guidance of the Holy Spirit throughout the scriptures. Yes, it was, in the New Testament even, right? Mm-hmm. Your eyes have seen what you, uh, the Lord Yahweh did at Baal Peor. For Yahweh your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed the Baal of Peor. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 3. Have we not had enough of the sin at Peor, <laughs> which even yet we have not cleansed ourselves? and for which there came a plague upon the congregation of Yahweh. Apparently, yeah, apparently we have not had enough of it yet. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Joshua chapter 22, verse 17. Like grapes in the wilderness, I found Israel. Like the first fruit on the fig tree in its first season, I saw your fathers. But they came to Baal Peor and consecrated themselves to the thing of shame and became detestable like the thing they loved. Okay. Hosea chapter 9, verse 10. Be careful what you love. <laughs> <laughs> then they yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor and ate sacrifices offered to the dead. Psalms chapter 106, verse 28. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8. So Paul does uphold the law. He does. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that ever got started. Yeah, right. Uh, well, a, a little lie to, to people with, uh, what's the word, itchy ears. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're just waiting for an excuse to sin, and that's how it happens, right? I mean, do people really think that Christ went through that horrible death just so we could sin? I no. Mean, uh, right. oh, oh, yeah, they crazy. do believe that. Yeah, they do believe that. But it is crazy. Yeah. Okay, continuing. As with all sin, there is always an origin. For the Moabite lineage, it surrounds that of sexual sin, literally having been conceived in the midst of it. One day, the older daughter said to her sister, there are no men left anywhere in this entire area, so we can't get married like everyone else. And our father will soon be too old to have children. Come, let's get him drunk with wine, and then we will have sex with him. That way we will preserve our family line through our father. As a result, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their own father. When the older daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Moab. He became the ancestor of the nation now known as the Moabites. That's Genesis chapter 19, verses 31 and 32, and 36 and 37. While there is a prohibition against marrying a Moabite found in Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 3, the second chapter of Revelation seems to imply a deeper sin taking place. But I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam, who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. 
He taught them to sin by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. In a similar way, you have some Nicolaitans among you who follow the same teaching. Repent of your sin or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Revelation okay. chapter 2 verses 14 through 16. Okay, so the, the sexual sin is having sexual relations with populations that are forbidden to us. Okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, it, the the passage in Numbers 31, if I remember correctly, verse 17, 16 through 18, apparently the virgin girls, even though the, the as uh, Swamp Fox puts in the chat room, the, the prohibition against intermarrying with Moabites uh, was already given in Deuteronomy chapter 23. But apparently the virgin girls... Uh, were are an exception because they had not yet their bodies had not yet been polluted by the sexual sin okay and it goes without saying that when our people begin uh you know worshiping in Baal rituals which are you know the rituals of the groves the orgies and what have you to who knows what's going on there and uh, their bodies become polluted okay so this would have to be an exception based on the the virgin uh, non-polluted girls that were acceptable at this time but i don't think this would probably be the last time that the israelites had any sexual or you know, any let's put it this way proper you know or unblemished or, or, or unclean sexual relations with Moabites. So this would be the end of it, okay, because they became totally polluted afterwards. Okay, back to you. So what was so vile about the Moabites and their worship of Baal Peor that Balaam taught and caused John and many other biblical authors to write of it? Historically, this god was worshipped and associated with disregarding any and all sexual restraints, extreme sexual practices, and orgies. Baal Peor, like many, was worshipped in the form of a phallus. To go one step further, the Hebrew word Peor comes from the, weak, from the root word Pa'ar, meaning open, gap, wide, or whole. Scholars have suggested that Baal Peor could then be translated as Lord of the Openings, Lord of the Gap, or Lord of the Holes. This translational meaning and root association leads to a traditional understanding and very possibly the source of Talmudic traditions associating Baal of Peor with exposure and excrement. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so they're, they're getting seriously polluted. <laughs> yeah. Seriously polluted. Okay. The, the tractate Sanhedrin 64a, do we want to... Yeah, I go ahead. Go, go ahead, read it. Yeah. Okay. Because not, not everything in the Talmud is false. <laughs> not everything, right? True. true okay. Yeah. All right. The tractate Sanhedrin 64a through Rabbi Judah tells the story of a sick Gentile woman who promised to worship every idol in the known world if she became well enough to follow through. Oh, wow. That, not likely. <laughs> okay. Right. Upon recovering from this illness, she journeyed to make well of this promise. Upon reaching Peor, she could not bring herself to follow through on her vow, as the worship was absolutely disgusting, <laughs> as they were eating beets, drinking strong drink, and then uncovering oneself in front of the idol. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's what pagans do today, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki known as Rashi, comments on Numbers 25.3, stating that because the people would uncover before it the end of the rectum and bring forth excrement, this is its worship, therefore the place was called Peor. These disgusting acts were then associated with and used in sexual practices. Okay, so you can see that the, mental, de yeah, the mental depravity of these people to perform such rituals is very extreme. Mm -hmm. Okay. By, by the way, you know, the, the, this is what goes on, and even worse, in uh, Freemasonry and the child sacrifice and the, what do you call it, the uh, uh, kidnapping of children, etc. that's going on today is not being reported by mainstream media, right? That's what's going on, folks. And at the Bohemian Grove, I think right. they do a there lot of that kind of stuff there. Yep. That the homosexuality, I guess, because it's for all sure. men that go there. So. Yeah, for sure, homosexuality. Yeah. 
Okay, to bring this idea and topic full circle, the Septuagint translation renders Baal a Peor, Beal Phagor, which is a known demon and one of the seven princes of hell in demonology. In the Merriam-Webster's Encyclopedia of World Religions, the photograph associated with this post is found for Belfagot, B.L. Figor, seating this demon god on a toilet. Coincidence? <laughs> you be the judge. Right. All thanks to the word of God. Uh, 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 no, com no comment from me. You be the judge. <laughs> if true, this shows us the serious depravity of the people that the Israelite nations encountered and the severity of yoking with them and following the despicable ways of worship that revolves around their gods. Amen. Okay. That yeah. is nasty. It is. So, But this gives us an idea of what the Israelites were, you know, uh, attempting to do. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to say how many of the Israelite men uh, actually engaged in this ritual, right? But that's, uh, as you pointed out, that's what homosexuals do. That's what they do, okay? Yeah. It's not just, oh, they're just like us. No. No, they're that's not. <laughs> a, yeah, that's a lie. That's a, 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 a flagrant lie. Okay, so, but, you know, I, I think uh, our people need to know and understand, you know, what the sin of Baal PR really was. And this article really, <laughs> really lays it on the line what it is, okay? Yes, it does. Okay. All right, let's go back to, uh, we have about 15 minutes, uh, back to Deuteronomy. I'm, I'm sorry, numbers. Got, uh, numbers. 30, sorry. Yeah, chapter 32, uh, verse 1. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that, behold, the place was a place for cattle. The children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest and unto the princes of the congregation, saying, Adaroth and Dibon, and Jazer, and Nimrah, and Heshbon, and Eliah, and Shebam, and Nebo, and Beon. Even the country which Yahweh smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle, and thy servants have cattle. Wherefore they said, If we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for possession, and bring us not over Jordan. And Moses said unto the children of Gad, and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war? And shall you sit here? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which Yahweh has given them? Thus did your fathers, when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up into the valley of Eschol and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land which Yahweh had given them. And Yahweh's anger was kindled the same time. And he swore, saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed Yahweh. And Yahweh's anger was kindled against Israel. And he made them wander in the wilderness forty years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of Yahweh was consumed. And behold, ye are risen up in your father's stead, an increase of sinful men, to, aug to augment yet the fierce anger of Yahweh toward Israel. For if ye turn after him, he will yet again lead them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people. And they came near unto him and said, We will build sheepfolds here for our cattle and cities for our little ones. But we ourselves will go ready armed before the children of Israel until we have brought them unto their place. And our little ones shall dwell in the fenced cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return unto our houses until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance. For we will not inherit with them on yonder side Jordan or forward because our inheritance is fallen to us on this side, Jordan, eastward. And Moses said unto them, If you will do this thing, if you will go armed before Yahweh to war, and will go all of you armed over Jordan before Yahweh, until he has driven out his enemies from before him, and the land shall be subdued before Yahweh, 
Then afterward you shall return and be guiltless before Yahweh and before Israel, and this land shall be your possession before Yahweh. Okay, so there's not, yeah, there's pardon being offered here. If you if you follow through on my instructions, there will be pardon. Okay, yeah. Just do what he says. Yeah, right. Easy thing, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, apparently it's not so easy. <laughs> the yeah. sins are the sins are too delicious. <laughs> Verse twenty-three. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against Yahweh, and be sure your sin will find you out. That's right. Build you cities for your little ones, and folds for your sheep, and do that which has proceeded out of your mouth. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spake unto Moses, saying, Thy servants will do as my Lord commanded. Our little ones, our wives, our flocks, and all our cattle shall be there in the cities of Gilead. Okay, now if the Israelites uh, exterminate them and or drive them out, then they won't have any uh, Canaanites to repeat the sin of Baal Peor, okay? So that's why they have to be driven mm -hmm. out. And ultimately, Yahweh will exterminate them once and for all at the judgment day. Back to you. But thy servants will pass over every man armed for war before Yahweh to battle, as my Lord saith. So concerning them, Moses commanded Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the chief fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel and Moses said unto them, If the children of Gad and the children of Reuben will pass with you over Jordan, every man armed to battle before Yahweh, and the land shall be subdued before you, then you shall give them the land of Gilead for possession. But if they will not pass over with you armed, they shall have possessions among you in the land of Canaan. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben answered, saying, As Yahweh has said unto thy servants, so will we do. We will pass over armed before Yahweh into the land of Canaan, that the possession of our inheritance on this side Jordan may be ours. And Moses gave unto them, even to the children of Gad, and to the children of Reuben, and unto half the tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land, with the cities thereof in the coast, even the cities of the country round about. And the children of Gad built Dibon, and Adaroth, and Aror, and Atroth, and Shophan, and Jezer, and Jogbeheth, and Beth Nimrah, and Beth Haran, fenced cities, and folds for sheep. And the children of Reuben built Heshbon, and Elilah, and Kerjatham, and Nebo, and Baalmeon, their names being changed, and Shibma. <laughs> And gave other names unto the cities which they builded. Yeah, we don't want to name our cities after Baal. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to do that, right? Probably not a good idea. No. Right, but in New York City, there's a place called on the what was the uh, not Manhattan Island? What do they call that island? Uh, Staten uh, Island. Uh, well, that, that's what. No, the. Uh, Long Island. Long Island, yeah. Uh, there's a city called New Babylon. <laughs> right? That's right, there is. Yep. There is. Yep. Now, okay, but before we go on, it's apparent here that this area was cleansed as, as history went on. This, uh, this area was cleansed of these Ammonites, Moabites, and, uh, you know, these other tribes that were just mentioned here. Uh, so it was this area was already cleansed of these people so when Ruth moved into this area okay which which was later on uh, there were only uh, Israelites there like the children of Reuben as it mentions here and what are the what are the other tribes here mentioned half the tribe of Manasseh on the east side of the Jordan River this this territory was already cleansed of these uh, you know, Canaanite people okay and uh, there, none of them dwelt in this area for several generations before Ruth even moved there. So the, the, the designation of Ruth being a Moabitess is clearly territorial and not racial. Back to you. Do you think because of the, uh, the sexual sin, the, uh, the, uh, the Moabites ended up being that way because of the incest that, that yeah. kind of got them started? You know, some type, caused some type of mental defect. Probably. Probably, yeah, and the same thing was true of Canaan, 
right? Mm -hmm. And uh, various others. But uh, it appears that it's not always the case that incest uh, breeds uh, poor quality people. It, it, you know, I guess it's the luck of the draw, right? Uh, whatever mm -hmm. the, uh, what do you call it, the genes that are passed on. So that's unclear, you know, but because uh, you know, the, the close marriages of Abraham and Sarah and, uh, you know, but it says the, the, yeah. term, the term sister and brother could be more generic terms like, uh, you know, uh, in-laws, right? Because there is no term for in-law in Scripture, mm -hmm. okay? So uh, th that's unclear, but nevertheless, you know, if Yahweh permits it, it's got to be good, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Okay? So, that's really all we need to know, right? That's right. That's all we need to know. Okay. Yeah. Okay, verse uh, 39. And the children of Maker, the son of Manasseh, went to Gilead and took it, and dispossessed the Amorite which was in it. Okay, Moses, so, yeah, this is where the Amorites began to be dispossessed by the Israelites several generations before Ruth even lived there, okay? And Moses gave Gilead unto Maker, the son of Manasseh, and he dwelt therein. And Jair, the son of Manasseh, went and took the small towns thereof, and called them Havothjer. And Nova went and took Kenath, and the villages thereof, and called it Noba after his own name. Yeah, no, 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 good pronunciation there. <laughs> you, mu you must have taken a course in pronouncing Hebrew names, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, it's very important to understand that those territories were cleared of the, uh, the, the Canaanite tribes, okay? And uh, you have to know the history, because uh, here in Numbers, we're to, uh, uh, being related to these changes in um, well, territory and uh, the tribes that they were forbidden to uh, intermarry with. So, But there was this one exception of uh, taking virgin girls from the tribe of Moab who had not yet been polluted. Okay, so and this is one of the major reasons why we Israelites are not supposed to intermarry with other races, number one, and number two, uh, even Adamites who have polluted themselves with race mixing and these perverted activities of uh, sexual immorality, okay? Because they will all, we will always be perverted, you know, so we have to, we have to keep our distance from those people and from that type of behavior. I think that, that that message is very clear from the chapters of Numbers we have been reading from. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, okay, see, we have about uh, six minutes left. I think we can actually get started on the next okay. chapter. Okay? Back to All you. Right. Numbers chapter 33. These are the journeys of the children of Israel, which went forth out of the land of Egypt with their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. And Moses wrote about wrote their goings out according to their journeys by the commandment of Yahweh. And these are their journeys according to their goings out. And they departed from Ramses in the first month, on the 15th day of the first month, on the morrow after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with an high hand in the sight of all the Egyptians. For the Egyptians buried all their firstborn, which Yahweh had smitten among them, Upon their gods also Yahweh executed judgments. And the children of Israel removed from Ramses and pitched in Succoth. And they departed from Succoth and pitched in Etham, which is in the edge of the wilderness. And they removed from Etham and turned again unto Piharoth, which is before Baal Zephon. And they pitched before Migdal. And they departed from before. Pahiroth, and passed through the midst of the sea into the wilderness, and went three days' journey in the wilderness of Etham, and pitched in Marah. And they removed from Marah, and came into Elam, and in Elam were twelve fountains of water, and threescore, and ten palm trees, and they pitched there. And they removed from Elam, and encamped by the Red Sea. And they removed from the Red Sea, and encamped in the wilderness of Sin. And they took their journey out of the wilderness of sin and encamped in Dovka. And they departed from Dovka and encamped in Alish. 
And they removed from Alish and encamped in Rephidim, where there was no water for the people to drink. And they departed from Rephidim and pitched in the wilderness of Sinai. And they removed from the desert of Sinai and pitched at Kibroth Hatava. Very good. And they departed from <laughs> Kibroth Hatava. Yeah, I think you. You, I think you may have I think you may have read over a couple of syllables there, but very good. <laughs> I did the best I could. <laughs> yeah, right. This is tough reading. I'm glad you're doing it. I could have spent five minutes trying to figure out. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right. Okay, and they departed from Kibroth Hathava and encamped at Hazaroth. And they departed from Hazaroth and pitched at Rithma. And they departed from Rithma and pitched at Ramon, Ramon Perez. And they departed from Ramon Perez and pitched at Libna. And they removed from Libna and pitched at Rissa. And they journeyed from Rissa and pitched in Kehalath. Kehalath. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, so uh, the, the interesting thing about all of these names is there's got to be a, the remnants of these villages or cities uh, in, that, in that area. You know, I mean, anybody who says that the Bible is not historical is a fool. Oh, it's all historical. Yeah. It's completely it, historical. It's totally yeah. historical. Okay, we have about two minutes left, so, you know, uh, and we're just going through all these names. So I don't think it matters where we stop, but uh, see if we can okay. squeeze a couple more of these in. Okay. And they went from Kehelathah and pitched in Mount Shafar, Shafur. And they removed from Mount Shafur and encamped in Harada. And they removed from Harada and pitched in Machaloth. And they removed from Machaloth and encamped at Tath, Tahath. And they departed from Tahath and pitched at Terah. And they removed from Terah and pitched in Mithka. And they went from Mithka and pitched in Hashmona. And they departed from Hashmona and encamped at Maseroth. And they departed from Maseroth and pitched in Benajakin. And they removed from Benajakin and encamped at Hor Haggadad. And they went from Hor Haggadad and pitched in Jotbatha. And they removed from Jotbatha and encamped at Ebrona. And they departed from Ebrona and encamped at Ezion. Easy on <laughs> Right, okay. All right, so we don't have time to finish the rest of this chapter, but the message is that all of these place names are historically searchable by archaeologists and geologists, etc. And that's probably why the, it's all recorded here, so we don't forget. And that we this can, is all their 40 years of just wandering, really. In that right, big yeah, circle. yeah. And these places all exist, and the Israelites exist. <laughs> Some people even deny that the Israelites ever were in these places and don't even exist. But uh, thanks for the reading. Uh, we're done for today. Thanks for listening, folks. Praise Yahweh, we pass the ammunition. We'll see you all next time. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.